Welcome, bowlers, to another episode of Talking Bowls, proudly supported by Three Little Ducks in the Bell Reef Key. My name's David Genford, and we've only got two weeks left of the regular season for Pennant in Southern Bowls. So today we'll have a look at just focusing on the Premier Division and Division 1. Uh, we'll also have a look at the Bowls Taz South uh, singles, where there's only uh, 16 players left in the open singles and two players left in the uh, restricted singles. And today's, uh, well, this episode's interview is with uh, Lee Strainer. And Lee's, I have a chat to Lee about the, um, the Easter Carnival that's being, hold at, that's being held at Glenorchy Rodman. Uh, also talk about uh, how we feel Rodman's heading into the final series, uh, top of the ladder, uh, massive favourites. Uh, see how they're approaching it. Also just briefly mention the sides championships in Western Australia. And also have a quick chat to him about his quest to um, win the singles, pairs, triples and fours. and I've only been around oh, almost 10 years now with a three-year gap, but uh, I haven't heard of it being done in the 10 years I've been associated with Bolster South. So if uh, Lee could win the Southern singles, it would be pretty massive to go singles, pairs, triples, fours all in the same season. But let's get to Pennant. That's where the um, main focus is. And we'll look at the Premier Division first. Now, last week's results were uh, quite interesting. We had Bucks defeating Beltana 14-0. Now, that really keeps Bucks alive in the race for the four. If the result was the other way around, we probably wouldn't be that interesting in the top four, to be honest. would be already be sorted. But uh, Bucks winning 14-0 was a, a massive result for them. Um, Derwent City worked their way off the bottom of the ladder with a 12-2 win over Dover. And that was by 23 shots. That was a, a decent result for them. Uh, Rodman only managed to beat New Norfolk by four shots and a 10-4 result. So maybe a bit of a wake-up call. Probably the, the result they um, maybe they needed to have to turn themselves around to, to make sure they're on task to win the final. Uh, Kingborough kept their season alive with a 12-2 win over Sandy Bay. Only by two shots. And that result and the Bucks result were the were the massive results in regards to the, the top four. Um, Bucks and Kingborough really needed to beat Sandy Bay and Beltana, and they did. Um, by doing so, they, they really eliminated Rodney Park from the competition with without their result, and, and that was a 7 all draw. And there was a lot of attention paid to the Rodney Park-Claremont result. Um, myself having actually been there, um, I felt that some of the comments on social media were pretty uncalled for. I know that there have been some apologies given, but in regards to cheating or sus results, etc., most of it seemed to be directed at Claremont because Claremont, for them to get seven points, a lot of people seemed as though that was a, a good deal for them. Without being there, Claremont were on a massive roll. They were 20 shots down, 15 ends to play, and they uh, were in the, the driver's seat. The two ends to go was involving a rink where Claremont were 10 shots up, so Claremont were really in in a, a great chance of getting 10 points. So I felt a lot of those comments were unwarranted. And, and unfortunately, those comments then um, questioned the integrity of both match managers, even the, the Rodney Park match manager, which I thought was disappointing. And, and hopefully people are able to understand that really the weather did come down. Um, the, weather, the, the green was unplayable within five minutes of the decision being made. I personally, I was... I was probably a little bit disappointed because it meant Rosny's season was, was over. 
Um, we didn't know what was happening on the other greens. Probably turns out if we would have got 10 or 12 points, it would have been over anyway. But but um, the match managers have a job to do. And from what I understand now, that there's still some conjecture whether the Claremont match manager isn't sure exactly what happened. But I don't think Claremont can be um, insinuated that they that they were to blame for the end decision. Um, at the end of the day, it's a seven-all draw, and it, it really tightens up what what is an exciting competition. And and looking at the ladder of the the ten teams involved, it's basically only New Norfolk and Rosny that have no impact on the rest of the season. Well, they do have impact in, on who they play against, but they can't make the four and they can't get relegated. We'll concentrate on the, the positive things to start with. Rodman, 173 points. They're sort of well cleared. Was it? 34 points clear of second place. So Rodman will host the first final. And like I said before, they're the, the big favourites. But this is where it starts to get interesting. So Sandy Bay, followed by Kingborough, followed by Beltana, followed by Bucks. So Sandy Bay 139, Kingborough 133, Beltana 131, Bucks 122. What I find interesting is that Kingborough have only won nine games and are in front of Beltana who have won 11 and are only six points behind Sandy Bay, who've won 11. So Kingborough have done a great job in keeping their losses close and still earning lots of points when they've been losing. So they're doing a great job. The shots up may come into it. So so Bucks need to catch Beltana by nine points. Well, basically, it's 10 because they're 70 shots down. So they need to catch 10 points on Beltana over the next two weeks. And if they don't do that, they've got 12 points on Kingborough where the shot's up is quite close, so it could be only 11 points. It's a really, really great finish to the season. What is interesting is that Beltana have to play Sandy Bay and Kingborough, who are both ahead of them on the ladder, whereas Bucks finish off with Claremont and Norfolk, who are both below them on the ladder. So it is not out of any realm of the possibility that Bucks will catch Beltana or Kingborough. So Kingborough play Derwent City and Beltana, Sandy Bay have got Beltana and Claremont. So even though Bucks are nine points down, if they can win both their games, and they need to get, I think, 12 or 14 points in both situations, I think if they get 24 points, that puts them on 146. That will, I think that'll be enough. So I think they still have um, destiny in their own hands. Um, but we'll see... Beltana, Sandy Bay, massive game. Massive game this week, but but it all should become clearer after this weekend. Well, it may not. At the bottom of the ladder, we've got a great competition. We've got Claremont on 76, Derwent City on 75, and Dover on 75. So one point separates the bottom three. All three teams are desperate to escape that bottom position. Now, Claremont and Derwent City, who are in 8th and ninth, both play teams in the top five. So Claremont have got Bucks and Sandy Bay. Kingborough have got, uh, sorry, Derwent City have got Kingborough and Beltana. Dover play Rodman, who obviously are playing very well, but they finish with Rodney Park, who currently sixth on the ladder and don't really have anything to play for. So this is this is going to be right down to the wire again. It's quite possible that all three teams don't win again, and it's going to come down to either rink wins or shots up now. The way the ladder sits, that is in order of shots up. That's about 20 shots between each three teams. But 
quite easily one of these teams could get beaten by 30 shots and the other one only loses by 10. So that's uh, every shot is going to count for these three sides. And uh, if they really want to battle their way into to stay in the top division, then uh, then good luck to to all of them. But what a what a great season! I was only mentioning in practice this afternoon for for my club Rosny. We have played every club except for. Um, Norfolk and Dover RSL and we haven't beaten a side twice and only Rodman have beaten us twice so that's how close it is that every team has a chance to beat every other team on this day which is great to see. Now looking at Division 1 I made a call last week that uh, or two weeks ago sorry that the game between Brighton and Geeston whoever won was going to get promoted and Brighton defeated Geeston however they then went to Howrah away and lost by 22 shots and lost 10-4. Now, they're still on top of the ladder. They're six points clear on top of the ladder and they play Hewinville this week who aren't doing the best. However, if they only... The, the big result now is that Geeston lost to Rosney Park 14-0. Geeston are not going to be promoted. There's no question about that. It's now pretty much come down to Brighton or Sorrell. And Sorrell have to go to Raw Hobart this week. Now, for a lot of teams, going to Royal Hobart is a difficult proposition, but Sorrell having the synthetic themselves going to Royal Hobart isn't as tough as what most people would seem. If they can beat Royal Hobart, Sorrell plays Brighton in the last week, and all of a sudden we could have a, a match where if Sorrell can beat Brighton 12-2, they will be promoted. So when I pretty much looked at Division 1 the other day, I only really looked at the run homes of Brighton and Geeston, but Sorrell have stormed home and are only six points behind Brighton and have a real chance of uh, of catching Brighton. But this Royal Hobart game is a, is a massive game because Royal Hobart still have a chance of making four. If they can beat Sorrell 14-0, they're setting themselves up for a chance to, to get into the four at the end of the season. So what I think it's fantastic that both the two top divisions are, are so closely fought and that uh, should be a, a great great final series and even a great last game leading into the final series. But uh, that's that's 10 minutes of me talking. Let's uh, let's see, let's chat with uh, Leroy, Lee Schreiner, uh, see what he's got to say about what's going on with the Rodman Bowls Club and uh, we'll bring it back to me to finish off with and we'll chat about the Bowls South singles. Cheers. And it's uh, with great pleasure I get to welcome back Tasmanian skip Lee Schreiner to the program. Welcome Lee. Um, now, one of the main reasons I wanted you to interview the, this week was to talk about the Easter Carnival that Roddy's is having. having. Um, when's the carnival being played and what's some of the information you can give to the players out there? Uh, I've got some uh, pretty good information. We're about three quarters full, which is a great result for the inaugural year of the tournament. Um, good Friday, we have a mixed pairs and an open pairs, uh, 12 entries for each. Yep. Uh, the winner of the mix will play the winner of the open in a playoff. Uh, we are one entry short in the mixed pairs at the moment. We still need about half a dozen for the open pairs. Uh, it was over a thousand bucks prize money and nice perpetual trophies and medallions. Very nice. Uh, so, uh, Saturday's our big um, Easter Carnival open fours. Um, we're claiming this to be the richest one day bowls tournament in Tasmania, offering over three thousand bucks in prize money. Yep. Um, which going by what I've seen, I don't think anyone else has a tournament where they offer that much 
for one day. Yeah, that definitely um, for one day. It definitely sounds like it, it should be number one. Yeah, and surprisingly, this is the one we're struggling for entries. We're only half full for that. Um, oh, really? So, big call it Tasmania or around Tasmania. We do need uh, more entries for that one. Um, again, perpetual shield and medallions. Uh, Saturday night is our Easter Carnival party, which is uh, free entry for all the bowlers and anyone else around in the area. We've got a live band playing. We're going to throw on some nibbles and uh, have a bit of a party that night to celebrate the first year of the carnival. Sounds good. Um, Sunday is the open triples. Uh, we know it's Easter Sunday, so um, we're actually starting at 10.45. Um, not only will people have that little bit of extra sleeping after the carnival party, they may choose to um, see their families in the morning or see their grandkids or kids for Easter and then uh, still have, you know, still be able to get down to Roddy's at 10.45 for the roller. Yep. Again, big money, um, over $2,000 prize money. Uh, it's open. And ladies all mixed. Yep. Uh, and we finished the carnival on Monday with the open uh, pairs medley, which is uh, one game of each of the format of pairs, which is two and two, two bowl crossover, three bowl, and a two four two. Yep. Uh, again, over a thousand dollars prize money. We've just under seven and a half thousand dollars worth of prize money over the four days, uh, which is. Uh, due to uh, our major sponsor, which is Aero Bowls. Uh, yep. Aero have given us a couple of sets of bowls to sell and some bags on the way, uh, as well as uh, the club itself chipping in and the members who are sponsoring the Perpetual Shield. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're all pretty excited about it. We do need about, uh, I think, about six more entries for the triples, and the pairs on Monday is almost full. There's only a couple of spots left. Best of the, um, definitely that uh, that Saturday. Saturday sounds like it's a, a good opportunity to give yourself at least a chance of uh, making some money. Is it a, a, how many games would people play in a day? Uh, four games of 11 ends on a Saturday. Yep. Um, there's only, I mean, there's only 24 teams in the tournament, so um, knowing, you know, knowing Roddy's having an eight-ring green and a four-ring green, we're trying to fill it to capacity. We do have enough to run the events at the moment, but yep. uh, we would like to fill it. Um, if we fill it, obviously, then... In future years, we look to expand to neighbouring clubs and make it a huge yeah. Southern Tasmania carnival. Definitely. Um, I know some players have been calling out for, for tournaments to be played, and it's probably a good chance to actually show that the support's there and the players want to do it, especially on the Easter weekend, where there's, there are some bowls up, up north, but there's no rep games or regional games or things like that. It's a chance for people to play if they want to. Absolutely. I noticed that down here last Easter that, um, yes, there is something up north. Not, look, not all of us can afford to go away for four or five days or six days over Easter. Yep. Um, this is a chance for the Southern Tasmanian bowlers to uh, get involved and um, you know have a chance of playing for some big prize money. We do, um, part of the tournament was to attract high-profile players. The yep. club has um, uh, decided that we're going to fly in Samantha Shanahan, Aaron Tees, Aaron Wilson, and Nathan Wilson uh, from Victoria and New South Wales. Did I read there's a, a raffle going on where players get the chance to play with those players? Spot on. Uh, on the Friday, uh, Samantha Shanahan's been raffled off uh, in the mixed pairs. Yep. Uh, tickets are $5 each. There's only 33 tickets in the whole draw, so, I mean, an opportunity for somebody to um, play with, you know, a player. I mean, three of, three of these... Um, players have either been in the Australian squad or have represented Australia either junior, under 25 or senior level. Yep. Um, 
And the only one that hasn't, which is Nathan Wilson, is a current Victorian state player and the current Australian Open singles holder. Yep. Um, get the interest from these four, being the first four that we approached and all four accepting. Yep. Uh, the offer was a huge, huge thrill for us. But, um, you know, covering their expenses uh, with flights and everything, the raffles are designed to do that as well as give the average bowler in or under average or over average, whoever wins the raffles, the chance to actually play a day with some of these players. Um, it's even a chance for someone if, if they win the raffle they might have a, a young son or they know a, know someone who's up and coming and give them the opportunity to play for like just for example like Michael Taylor wins the raffle and lets Adam play with someone like Aaron Wilson or Nathan Wilson that would be a great experience for an up and coming bowler to have a chance to play with those people. Absolutely spot on. I mean, the Penguin Pants has attracted uh, high-profile players now, which they have a similar thing with the under-18 junior singles winner. Uh, we think that promoting an event, uh, getting exposure to media, especially to Bowls Australia and other sites around the country, that we do need to have high-profile players here. Yep. Um, well, Sam's being raffled in the mix, piece. The three boys, Aaron Tees, Nathan Wilson and Aaron Wilson, being raffled off on the same day for the uh, Open Pairs. Yep. Um, same thing, 33 tickets, $5 a piece. Um, and the other raffle going on there, the four of them are actually playing together in the Easter Carnival Fours, which is going to be a huge highlight uh, for the tournament to see a team like that put together. And it's an open team, it's a mixed team, yep. which again promotes the, um, you know, the the decision this year to have uh, open bowls down here in the south. And um, um, not, not a bad scalp if you could knock them off as well. Absolutely. I mean, four games of 11 ends. The field, the field's pretty red hot for who's there on the Saturday, but, you know, it is the luck of the draw. Some of these teams could run into each other and you could get a nice draw and, you know, end up walking away with the big bickies. Yep. Um, the only other raffle going on is the Sunday for the triples. Yep. Um, Samantha Shanahan and Aaron Wilson are playing together and there's, again, 33 tickets for sale at $5 for the chance to play with them. Yep. Uh, and Aaron Tees and Nathan Wilson are playing together and saying 33 tickets again. Um, the raffles are about only about one fifth sold at the moment. They've been slow moving. Yep. Uh, but we expect as the tournament gets closer that um, people will begin to uh, buy the tickets and have the opportunity to play with them. Um, yeah, so some people have entered and have bought tickets. If they do win the raffle, I mean, this, it can be... Um, substitute obviously take the place of yep. them in their other team or they, they're more than welcome to give away or um, you know their, their prize or right to, to play with the high profile player. No, it sounds really good man. I wish uh, you and Roddy's the, the best of luck. Speaking of uh, Roddy's, you boys are uh, sitting pretty on top of the ladder and it looks like you will get the, the home final in the first week. You must be uh, feeling pretty confident with the way the team's played this season. Yeah, I think since um, after Christmas, uh, now I think we might have won 10 or 11 in a row, but we're always looking to improve. I mean, a similar status to last year where we won a lot in a row. Um, the new Norfolk game last week was a good wake-up call because we had a lot of players below par. Yep. Um, uh, not taking anything away from new Norfolk, who who uh, certainly taught our front ends on our own green uh, how to draw a few more shots in the head. Yep. Um, and, you know, some, some polished finishing from some quality players skipping and we only really hit the front after tea, and as much as we got out to 15 or 20, they wouldn't uh, relent, and we only just really held on. So yep. uh, a good wake-up call for us. Two interesting games to finish, but some, somehow we need to just find that form we had late January, early February, and 
and um, try and take that into the first first uh, home final. And they often say you have to some well, there's some philosophy out there you have to lose a grand final to win a grand final. I think a lot of your players, although not the result you wanted last year, they gained that experience of what to expect on the grand final day, and maybe might have a, a bit of uh, experience to overcome maybe the bit of nerves that they suffered from last season. Yeah, it was a, it was a slow start for us in the grand final. I never believe you lose grand finals. I won't believe if, if you do get beat that the opposition wins them. Um, and look, uh, a flip of the coin by the end of that game, it was a game of pretty much two halves. Yep. Um, we were hoping to get more access to freer greens come you know, this time of the season uh, with the slower tracks we had last year. Unfortunately, a mix of the weather and I'm pretty sure our green has been preserved um, a little bit for the Easter Carnival means that we haven't been able to really get on free tracks. Yep. Claremont was a good game for us. The green was probably 17 seconds at Claremont. We got out to 50-odd to 15 at the start of that game, which was good for us to know that um, you know that we are, are a better quick green side than we were last year. Um, saying that, rain, wind, you know, quick greens, whatever you get on... On first final day, and if we get through whatever you get uh, in, in later days, I mean, every game you play for that year and pretty much in your whole career, you've got to draw something out of um, conditions and draw back on, on a game you played in those conditions and try and make the most of it. And if it's uh, one thing Tasmania does, it definitely brings a lot of uh, weather along with it and you never know what you're going to get on the day. Yeah, I think, what's it, a week and a half of summer left? I didn't even know it started, so... <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm pretty happy. I moved here for colder climate, so well, you got it. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't mind if summer disappears without even turning up. Well, the uh, the, the climate conversation is probably a good way to segue to the Western Australia Size Championships, where obviously it's not going to be a, a colder climate. But uh, Tassie's built up a bit of uh, confidence after the Victorian series. Um, you must be looking forward to heading over to WA and seeing how we go against the other seven sides. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we made some good steps at Burnie. Um, at the last Nationals, and obviously a win against Victoria was massive um, for the for us being a, a, a more minnow state, but I mean, this week the Vicks have cowed up South Australia this week, and, yep. and they've pretty much got an identical side with the inclusion of Dylan Fisher, yep. who's now skipping the rink, and they've beaten South Australia comfortably pretty much in every test, which is um, an indication that you know they're, they're going to be up and about come, come Perth, but we're going to get hot weather we're going to get quicker greens. Um, I think with a, a northern and northwest dominated state side as well as good quick green players from the south, we, we should be uh, able to settle into the conditions pretty well. Um, I'm one myself. I need a lot more work on quicker tracks come uh, April. Yep. It's been my downfall for a while and that time I did something about it. Um, but again, no opportunity to play on. Yep. Free greens really much down here makes it hard to try and iron that part out of your game. Yep. And uh, and just finally to finish up on the uh, the southern singles, you you're through to the uh, round of sixteen and and looking to um, a rare occurrence where you could win all the the regional titles in the one year. You must uh, uh, you must gain yourself a lot of confidence from how well you've been playing in the in the regional competitions. Look, it's it's been a great year and and surprisingly, you know to. From a club point of view, to be beaten in the first round of club singles and pairs is, is something I'm not used to. But um, for some reason, the regional titles have gone well this year. I mean, I've been in some very strong teams. Um, yep. And you, 
can use the cliche one game in, one game at a time, but it's obviously on my mind that with three down and one to go, that it's only four more games away. And as much as you treat each game one by one by one, it's definitely in the back of my mind. Yep. Um, it's it's something that you know if I played goals in Tasmania for another twenty years, uh, I may never do again, or no one else may ever do again. Yep. So um, history is a great thing. It's something everyone wants to be a part of in their sport, and if you can change it or break it or set set something for somebody else to beat down the track, um, all for the good of the game. Definitely. Well, there's, there's going to be 15 other players out there to try and stop you from uh, from setting that history. But uh, you've had a you've had a great season, and uh, best of luck with the, all the things we've talked about the the carnival, the uh, finals, the Tassie side, and the singles. And uh, we might have you on uh, later on if uh, you're victorious in one of the one of those things. Thanks for that, David. Anyone that does want to enter the Easter Carnival or wants more information, I'm sure they can either contact you on. Uh, the podcast or Facebook, and yep. or, uh, they certainly can contact me on Facebook. Uh, my email details and phone number and everything are on there. So, yeah, or get in touch with more. get in touch with the Roddy's Bowls Club as well. I'm sure they'll uh, point you in the right direction. Absolutely. Cool. Well, thank you very much for your time, Lee, and uh, best of luck. Thanks, David. We'll talk again soon. Thanks again to Lee for giving up his time and uh, having a chat. I always find it interesting talking to the the elite bowlers and, and you'd have to be crazy to not consider Lee Schreiner one of the elite bowlers in Southern Tasmania and I think it's great the work he's doing with Roddy's and I uh, hope the carnival's a, a massive success for them. So looking at the, the singles, we might look at the B-grade singles first and it's um, Barnes versus Cotham that have made the final, both Howrah players. Howrah actually got to host the, the B-grade singles and it looks like both those players took advantage of the home ground conditions. So... They're going to play their final at the same time as the Open final, which is we yet to determine a date, but um, good luck to both Barnes and Cotherman in, in that final. The Open singles, I'll quickly run through the, the matchups in case you haven't seen them. We've got uh, Sean Leach versus Rob McMullen, Michael Rankin versus Josh Mabb, Mick Sweeney versus Nick Ellis, Lee Schreiner versus Luke Turner, Shane Garth versus Mickey Taylor, and Mark Watterson versus Josh Baker. Jack Ellis versus Ross Bannister, and David Douse versus Chicken Monks. Um, it's it's a great list of players to, to still be around, um, and you'd have to favour obviously Schreiner's the the informed bowler, but you can't count off uh, Rob McMullen. David Douse is having a sensational season. Ross Bannister's always thereabouts when it comes to singles. Uh, should be a great. Great, uh, just a day of bowls when they they match up to play the three rounds. Um, Rowdy should be too strong, strong for Sean Leach. Michael Rankin and Josh Mabb, well, Josh Mabb's in great form. And I tell you what, if if both Rowdy and Josh Mabb win, that would be a, a fantastic quarterfinal because I know Josh has beaten Rowdy. I'm I'm probably looking more a few years ago. Josh really had the wood over Rowdy. And uh, I know Rowdy would love to, to knock him off. So I think if Josh and Rowdy play each other, that would be a great game. Now Mick Sweeney versus Nick Ellis, two ex-Rosney players, now playing at uh, Glenorchy, Rodman and Howard respectively. Uh, it's great to see Nick Ellis um, playing in this type of competition. And if I just quickly scan the list, he's the only Division One bowler left in it. So good luck to Nick versus uh, Moose. Um, but you'd have to think 
that either of those winners would uh, find it difficult playing against uh, Schreiner in the second round. However, Luke Turner's got nothing to lose if he can knock off Schreiner, then, uh, then good luck to him. So the other half of the draw is probably a little bit more open. You've got Shane Garth versus Mick Taylor and Watterson versus Josh Baker. Now, I'd, I actually really rate Josh Baker as a, as a singles player. I think he should be too strong to come out of that section. Um, but both these Garth, Watterson, Taylor have all had their moments this season. I know Mickey Taylor probably talks himself down a little bit because Claremore have had a tough season, but uh, when he's on form, he's a, he's a good player. Um, so that's going to be a tough little section to get out of. And then the bottom part, Jack Ellis versus Ross Bannister, who Jack's got the, uh, the fearlessness of youth where he'll, he'll do whatever he thinks he needs to do win. But Ross Bannister made the semi-final state singles last year and he's always uh, thereabouts when you give him four bowls in his hands. But uh, as Josh Mab highlighted on Facebook, maybe the match of the round is uh, the bottom game, David Douse versus Chicken Monk. So Chicken's obviously in the state side at the moment. David Douse, two state titles. I'd love to add a, a regional title to his uh, mantelpiece for this, uh, for this tournament. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I just keep looking at the list of names and just thinking, wow, this is going to be some uh, some great matches and whoever ends up winning the singles titles has really earned it. So good luck to, to all players. Um, and that uh, brings, a, brings a wrap to the um, episode for this week. Uh, good luck to everyone who's uh, a chance to make the finals. Um, we'll try and cover a little bit more of the lower divisions next week and have a look at who it is being promoted. Uh, looks if um, now Rosney Park in Division 2, if they don't survive, um, if they get relegated, that puts um, Rosney Park Div 3, Div 4 out the back door as well. So um, that's going to be a, a, an interesting battle there. Probably saves a couple of clubs in Division 3 and Division 4 that wouldn't get relegated because of Rosney. But uh, we'll see what happens. and. Um, as I said, good luck in the finals. Thanks to Three Little Ducks for their support for the podcast. and Hopefully you've enjoyed the episode. As I've said previously, let people know if uh, they want to have a listen. Just Google Talking Bowls Podcast and the website will come up. And uh, enjoy your bowls. Cheers. <laughs>